Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today is a special episode. We're talking about why GDN, the Google Display Network, is better than Facebook. What? You may say. Now, full disclosure, I'm not sure I'm ready to make that claim, but my guest today is ready to make that claim. Uh, today, Justin Brook, founder of Ad Skills and one of the smartest marketers I know, is breaking down his approach to using the Google Display Network. And we're going to look at a few things. One, just what it takes to succeed on GDN and how to structure your campaigns and how to strategically think about GDN. We're also going to talk about must-have elements of your landing pages because getting the landing page right is a huge part of the equation to getting GDN to work. And then we're going to unpack his overnight celebrity status strategy. And uh, this may be the key to getting GDN to work for you from a remarketing perspective. Justin is a ton of fun. He's very, very smart. You're going to get a ton out of this. And also, this episode is special because it was originally recorded for my other podcast, Spicy Curry. Spicy Curry is a, a mini-series podcast. The first eight episodes are available on iTunes or Audible or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This is just one of the episodes from season one that was so good that I wanted to publish it here on e-commerce evolution as well. So with that, please enjoy my interview with Justin Brooke. Are you a D2C brand spending over six figures a month on paid media? If so, then listen up. My agency, OMG Commerce and I, have worked with some of the top e-commerce brands over the years, including Boom, Native, Groove, Monin, Organifi, and dozens more. And every year, we audit hundreds of Google, YouTube, and Amazon ad accounts. And we always find either significant opportunities for growth or wasted ad spend to cut or both. For example, are you missing YouTube ads? Whatever you're spending on top of funnel Facebook, you should be able to spend 30 to 50% of that or more on YouTube with similar returns. So if you're spending 300 to 400,000 a month on Facebook, you should be able to easily spend 100 to 150,000 or more on YouTube. Visit omgcommerce.com to request a free strategy session or visit our resource page and get some of our free guides loaded with some of our best strategies for YouTube ads. Google Shopping, Amazon DSP, and more. Check it all out at omgcommerce.com. Well, this is an episode that I can confidently say has been years in the making. I've been looking forward to this. I've been planning this. I've been dreaming about this day, and it's finally here. And so I get to interview Mr. Justin Brooke. Our paths have crossed numerous times throughout the years, even dating back to like 2008, 2009, we were both actually partnering with Russell Brunson on separate projects. And I remember being in Russell's office and being like, hey, there's Justin Brooke, that guy's famous. And, uh, and so then we've kind of crossed paths in a few other uh, ways. But we're talking today about the Google Display Network, a topic that I love, and I believe there's nobody out there better than Justin. And so I can't wait to tap into his mind and, and allow him to share with you and me uh, his best insights on GDM. But just a couple of quick things for you to know. So Justin founded Ad Skills in 2016. They've trained uh, over 13,000 media buyers. They have 300 plus uh, certified media buyers. He's worked with and trained media buyers for Frank Kern, Dan Kennedy, Russell Brunson. If you've been around direct marketing, you know all of those names. He also has a really well-read newsletter. Uh, in fact, some of the smartest people I know reference Justin's email newsletter, Traffic Tips for Busy People, and so you should check that out as well. But with that intro, Justin, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? Thanks for having me, man. I'm, I'm so glad and uh, hardly famous, man. Nobody gives me a second look at the grocery store, man, but uh, I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate the uh, the accolades and everything. <laughs> Yeah, so it's famous. You're famous in my mind, but it is funny. There's the Dan Kennedy always used to call him famous people that nobody knows, right? So you're not mm. airport famous, not grocery store <laughs> right. famous, but like you get into a room of marketers and you're like, whoa, holy cow, this is Justin Brooke. Like you got to get a tap into this guy's mind a little bit. So uh, let's dive right into this topic because I think it's it's one that you know as I and I encounter hundreds of e-commerce brands every year. We're auditing dozens and dozens of accounts. 
I know almost nobody doing Google Display Network well. We mm -hmm. run into people all the time that are spending mid to high six figures uh, a year, a couple million dollars a year on Facebook. Most people are spending nothing or close to nothing on, on the Google Display Network. But let's maybe start with what are some misconceptions about the Google Display Network? What do you hear people saying about it that just drives you crazy? Yeah, so this is why you don't see a whole lot of people is really it's the misconceptions. So uh, when you think of Google, we are still all stung by the Google slap years ago. You know, we still think of, oh, the cost per clicks are really high. Uh, they terminated all of our accounts. You know, that, that stigma is still very much in the air in our industry. You know, it's, it's almost like a branding now. Google ads is expensive. You know, that's like immediately what we think. It's, it's expensive, it's hard, and they're going to shut down my accounts. Um, a lot of that has gone away. I'm not saying it's not expensive anymore. Uh, there are certainly some crazy expensive niches. Um, you know, West Palm cosmetic dentistry, you just, just stay away from it. Just, just stay away. Um, but they've really come a, a far way. You know, they got in a lot of trouble from their stockholders and stuff. Like when their stockholders was like, wait a minute, you're just like shutting down accounts. Like, isn't that the way you guys make money? And that's the way our stocks go. Could you not do that anymore? Uh, so yeah, they got in a lot of trouble uh, and I'm super paraphrasing it, but um, there was like an event years ago. Uh, they're super helpful now. I mean, you can, you know, you can get on the phone with reps, uh, I'm almost a little annoyed sometimes how much the reps are reaching out to me. It's like, okay, yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah reps are reaching out, wanting to schedule meetings, wanting to get time on your calendar, wanting to meet with Absolutely. you. And and some of them are super helpful. Some, some of them not, but some of them are super helpful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They, they, it's, it's really a different situation. So a lot of that stuff has gone away. And I would say, so if you've heard that about Google Ads, I would say it's different. You know, it's, it, I would say it's still the same in the first two weeks of an account. They're very strict in the first two weeks of an account. Um, that's usually where that's kind of like manual reviews, like something like a, like a human is reviewing everything at that point, basically. Even uh, machines, you know. So it's like if your landing page, your ads, if any. Anything smells bad in the first two weeks, there's going to be a high shutdown rate. And that's just because they're trying to stop the churn and burn guys. Um, and they have to be very strong because that's where those guys live. They're just creating new accounts all the time. And uh, so, it, you know, in the first two weeks, play it cool. Like just advertise your blog a little bit. You know, just be very... I guess kosher, you know, I don't know the right word, but just play it cool for the first two weeks and then you can start stepping up your, you know, your direct response and whatever. Uh, so that's the biggest misconception. Uh, also, they think Google ads, they think expensive. Google display is much different. You know, it's very common for me to get 40... Yeah, you, you can get 40 cent clicks. Are you getting 40 cent clicks on Facebook? You know, not today. You know, you gotta be you gotta be uh, really good at Facebook to be getting those kind of click rates anymore. Um, but it's very common for me to get 40 cent, 80 cent, 60 cent, and, and lower. You know, I've gotten eight cent, 18 cent, 20 cents. You know, clicks on Google Display. And you're talking so, even in the last in the last year, last six months, you've been getting CPC last, last couple weeks. You know, ab absolutely. You know, so when you think Google ads and they think expensive, that's usually search and search legitimately can be expensive. I would say that that's also very profitable. That's a whole nother podcast. But Google Display yeah. is not part of that. You can get very cheap clicks on Google Display. Yeah. Awesome. So you, you touched on this just a little bit, but, uh, but I remember seeing a post on Facebook that you made and you were like, GDN is better than Facebook. And man, those were fighting words to some people because the <laughs> comments were lighting up and on fire. And like, what are you, blasphemy, heresy, Justin right. Brooke. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's, it's a fascinating statement. So, so why do you believe and in what ways do you believe GDN is, is better than even Facebook at times? Yeah, you know, if, if you do, if anybody wants, you know, if you got like, 20 minutes and you're absolutely bored out of your mind and you want to go search my wall of posts. Uh, but if you go search through there, the guys who are actually using GDN all came to my defense and they were like, he's absolutely yeah. right. Like this, you know, this is true. <laughs> and it was all the other Facebookers who were telling me I was crazy, okay. you know, of course. Yeah. Um, so the thing is, is 
Facebook didn't invent interest targeting. You know, they they like to claim that they invented interest targeting. Uh, you know, the, the branding is like Google invented PPC, Facebook invented interest-based targeting. That's kind of like what most people think about or know. It's completely false. You know, Facebook borrowed everything from Google and continues to this day trying to build Google Ads, you know, they are the mighty billion dollar advertising company in every way that you can measure a company. Google's Google the number wins. One, the number one online advertising platform, bar none, you know, Google's number one and, and likely will be for, for some time. Right. The only place that that's even argued is in our little like Facebook world. You know, outside of that, Google is right. by far the gorilla, you know. Um, so there's that. But then also when it comes to there's so many different levels and I don't want to go too far on this, but okay. So with interest targeting, you have, you you have levels of interest targeting where on Facebook, there's just interest targeting. Okay. We have keywords, you know, a a keyword is an interest you know, it's like, I'm interested in this topic. And so that's a keyword. Um, Then you have topic based. And so like, if you, a keyword would, you know, essentially it doesn't exactly work like this, but without going super scientific, essentially, like if I said tennis shoes, you know, or tennis, right? That's I'm that's an interest, but it's also a keyword, and my ads would show up on any pages about tennis. But then there's topics, you know, so we could go sports. And now, you know, I'm interested in sports and now I'm going to show up on all the pages related to sports. And then there's affinities, you know, and so that would be like sports junkies, you know, and so they're going to show up on fantasy league pages, news pages, sports pages, you know, all kinds of different things. Uh, And so like there's levels of interest. And then the other thing that I would say that separates them is really the big thing. And what, what I keep trying to like shake the cage about is it doesn't change. So like Facebook is a news feed. And so you need constant, fresh, creative Otherwise, that person is seeing the same ad right. over and over and over again. And there's ad, only so many times. It's a very real thing on Facebook. Yes, absolutely. Ad fatigue, you know, is turning and burning. And, and so you, you have to feed this monster lots of ad creative. Google Display doesn't work like that because it's you, the only time you're going to a, uh, you know, best tennis shoes article is the time when you're searching for best tennis shoes. You know, it's not like you're going to go visit, you know, it's a very rare person who's going to go visit these same pages over and over again. Sometimes it happens in like the um, precious metals industry, you know, copper price, silver price, gold price, you know, and so you're going to that same page over and over again every day. And so you might start seeing the same ads, but it just doesn't happen in a lot of different industries. Mostly what happens is you're interested in refresh on GDN. Yeah. You're interested in something. So you go to Google, you type in whatever, and then you see an article and you click into that article. And then on that article is ads that are relevant to the thing you just searched. So like you're kind of getting search traffic, but at a super bargain of the, of it and in a much more relative space. Uh, so that's the other reason why I think it's so much, you, you can put a Google ad and it can run, you know, my record was two years, but I mean, it's common for one creative to run for months on end. Yeah. And we see the same thing on, on YouTube as well. You know, we, my agency does a lot of YouTube, uh, ad management and then creative work as well. And, and sometimes we see ads that, you know, the winning ad on, on YouTube lasts for a year, right? Cause that audience is, there's the audience is turning over. You're, you're on that audience when you're interested in something and about to buy something. And then you, then you get off that audience when, after you made a purchase or, or whatever. Right. So, yeah, yeah. 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 Super, super smart. So let's kind of break down, let's get tactical for a little bit. Let's mm-hmm. look at, because you've got a unique approach to GDN for e-commerce. And again, I believe nobody does it better than, than you and your team. So so what, what does that approach look like running GDN to grow an e-commerce brand? So kind of, kind of break that down for us, and then I'll have several follow-up questions. Yeah. So I think e-com has come a long way in their landing pages. I think, uh, you know, hat tip to Ezra Firestone. You know, I think he's helped create a lot of best practices in, in, in e-com landing pages. And, you know, but like before, there was no reviews, testimonials. There wasn't these big credibility 
believability things on an e-commerce page. Um, and so it's come a long way, but it's not quite there yet. I don't love sending paid traffic to e-com pages, um, especially Google Display, which can be when you say e-com pages like a, like a typical a typical product detail page. That's right. not where you typically want to send cold traffic. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't like to send. I would have a landing page that would send to that page, you know. Uh, and so that's what we do. Is I, I just say, you know, hey, what are what's your best product? You know, everybody knows what their top selling product is, their best product. So then we take that product and we'll build out a page specifically for that one that when they click buy, goes right to cart. You know, and so they're almost like. Uh, a digital sales page, you know, very similar, you know, how you'd sell basically anything else. You know, you got a sales page, it goes right to the cart. Um, whereas in e-com, it's kind of like you go to a product topic page or product category page, and then you go into the product page and then you go into checkout and then you're in a cart, you know, and so we just kind of bypass a little bit of that. And then what we do is once we acquire, we acquire the customer with a normal like sales page checkout, um, or sales page cart, and then we go, once we've acquired the customer, we bring them back to the store so now they can buy additional things. And, and we get our revenue per user earnings, you know, average order value off of that, but we get our lower cost per acquisition using kind of a dedicated funnel for their best or top three products. Got it. So let's, and this, this is always a little bit difficult on a podcast because we're just talking through things, but what are some of the elements that you really want on that page? So you're bypassing the, the traditional product detail page. You're sending cold traffic from a GDN ad, which we'll talk about the ad in a minute, mm -hmm. but you're sending them from a GDN ad to a specific landing page you built. What are some of the elements that you want on that page? Number one thing when it comes to e-commerce e is product demonstration. You know, they want to see the knife cut through a tomato. You know, yeah. they want to see the, uh, let's see, uh, Trey's got that butter scraper thing. You know, it's, uh, it's you know, makes your butter easier to spread. It's a weird product, but that's the thing is you can't just show me a picture of this weird looking butter knife that has a couple of circles on the end of it and expect me to understand that that's going to revolutionize butter for me. But all of a sudden you have a quick, you know, 15 second video showing that those little circles create little shavings of butter. And now immediately, oh, it melts the butter faster because it's taking these little shavings off there. That's why it spreads on my toast better, you know? And that's what I'm talking about when it comes to product demonstrations. You know, when it comes to e-com, demonstrate the product. And I don't think pictures are enough. Uh, most people these days uh, have good enough internet and you don't need a long video. That's it. Don't have a long video. Um, short almost like uh, you know, animated images, GIF images, you know, show me how the product works. That's gonna go a long way. And then reviews, uh, reviews are huge. Um, believable reviews, you know, don't only have five-star reviews on there, you know, uh, that, that's gonna reduce your credibility, you know, have a couple of, you know, um, you, you don't have to have your worst review on there either, you know, um, but, you know, make it real, make it, make it believable, be genuine about it. Those two things are, are really gonna help a lot. And then the, the other thing is, is on a lot of e-commerce sites, there is a frequently asked questions section we like to bring some of that onto the page, you know? And so what we've learned is everybody thinks when they're creating, when you're creating a sales page, you're trying to convince the person, you know, from top to bottom, like from your headline all the way through, like you're doing everything you can. How can I muster up? What words do I have to say? What images do I have to say to get this person to click the button? But when the visitor lands on the page, they're doing the opposite. They're thinking of why should I not buy this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, why, should, why should I bail? Give me some. Give me yes. some reasons to say no. Right. right now. Why is my wife going to yell at me for buying this product? <laughs> you know, later on. Yeah. You know, and so you need to be. You need to think about that. Like, don't think like us when you're right, you're making your page. Think like them because we're making the page for them. We're not making the page for us. So we need to think about. They're looking for 
gotchas and, oh, this is why I shouldn't buy it or, or that and that, you know, so you want to have good, like not long copy, but good copy blocks, you know, copy almost not right. even a, I, I, I dare not say I'm not a fan of bullet points. I'm not saying that copywriters don't kill me. Okay. But I'm saying <laughs> is I almost like lots of copy nuggets better than bullet point, like old school, long bullet point list is a little ugly, a little tedious. I like just these little kind of squares. You can rotate them left the line, right a line, left the line, you know, little images. And that's giving you all the different, like, and this reason and that reason and this reason. And you, this objection, we counter it here. And this objection, we counter it here. You know, you want, and you, you, it's not like in person, where you have the opportunity to read body language and tonalities and, you know, so you got to answer all of them there. You, you got this person one time, you need to think of every objection they possibly could have and put all that on the page, but in a way that doesn't intimidate them. So short blocks of text, small sentences, lots of images, you know, think children's book. You know, not that they are because consumers are dumb. They're just busy. You know, the baby's crying in the background. They're trying to shop while they're at work and their boss might turn the corner any minute. You know, life is <laughs> happening to this person. And so we need these little nuggets of stuff. Yeah. And one of the things that, that I, I hear people say all the time is, oh, nobody will read all that copy. And the answer to that question is, yeah, you're probably right. But what people will do is they will scan it, right? They're scanning mm -hmm. it, looking for answers to their specific question. And sometimes someone's going to scan the page they find one or two of those nuggets, either bullet point or a little, little chunk of copy, and they're like, oh, okay, well, if that's true, then this is okay. And then they may go back and read more, right? So I think yeah. understanding how people consume a page, um, and, and you're right, like you gotta have every, every possible objection covered in that, in that page or else people will bail. So. Yeah, a great example on that is right now uh, I'm kind of getting into, or at least I think I'm getting into Japanese woodworking. Uh, it's kind of right. grabbed hold of my brain no, no, lately. No, you're you're doing like Japanese style woodworking, or you're just buying it? I, I'm getting into it, you know, like chisels okay. and yeah. saws and joints and things like that. Um, and so I'm looking at the different chisels and specifically looking for a certain type of steel that the chisels are made out of because it affects the sharpening and how long it can hold an edge. None of the pages that I'm going to talk about. It's the biggest thing. Like when you talk to other like people that are in this, they're like, oh yeah, you want to make sure your chisels are made out of A2 steel because of this, that, and the other, you know, so it's like normal conversation that the woodworkers would have. But when I go to the sales pages, nobody's addressing this conversation. You know, the, the biggest thing you want out of a chisel is how, you know, how do we sharpen it? How long does it stay sharp? <laughs> and that number one question is not being answered on the page. And that's a great example of like, make sure your product is talking about that thing that everybody's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Let's, let's talk about the ad side for just a minute. So, mm. so what are you, what are you thinking about? How are you crafting those, those cold traffic ads? So the first ad someone sees that then sends them to this page we were just talking about how are, you, how are you crafting and how are you creating those initial ads for cold traffic? You know, I'm glad you asked me this question and this one hurts me. You know, it's really, I have like the world's hardest to show off tattoo because it wraps around my arm, but basically it's an ink quill. You know, it's a quill with an ink jar and, and cash, you know. I'm a nice, diehard man. copywriter. I am a copywriter first. I sell traffic. You know, that's that's the shingle I hung, but I, I live and breathe as a copywriter. So I promise you, it hurts me more than anybody else to say this. Copy today isn't what it used to be. We, you know, I would say for the last hundred plus years, we've all, in all the books that we read, they're trying to get you to write the best ad. You know, it's like you're going to write this one ad, like you're going to put all your energy, you're going to do all this research, the whole process, everything we've we've learned and done over the last hundred years in terms of copy is a little bit almost out the window. It doesn't, not all the way out the window, because today we're not really writing for consumers as much as we're writing for algorithms, machine learning, artificial intelligence. And so... The best way to create an ad today is to understand the fundamentals of copy, but you, like, I just made a Google ad the other day. They, the minimum my ad rep, my ad rep says you need at least 15 headlines. 
what? You know, like 15 headlines, you know, that if for most people that is would blow their mind away. You know, what do you yeah. mean? I got to yeah. write 15 headlines, you know, and they, so they want three good ones in me. <laughs> right. You know, and, and that's us because we're in the industry. Diehard's been doing this forever. You know, the average person, one headline, you know, is hard for them. So you need 15 headlines, three descriptions, and at least two images, but one's got to be square and then the other one's got to be 16 by nine, you know? And so like, we're really kind of writing it's ultimately to the end consumer, but it's first to the algorithm because they're going to go and put all these pieces together. And so that's really where you need to be at. I would say today, a less deep dive into copy, more breadth of like, how do you write a headline? How do you write a good, you know, it's like social media copy. How do you write a good sentence, you know, a good post, you know, how do you write a good Twitter post? You know, that's what you need because that's what's working these days. And a lot of the ad networks are going that direction. So when it comes to creating a good ad today, you need to, you need to know that it's about creating a volume um, you know, I'm kind of, I don't know if I'm inventing this. I just don't know what else to call it. You know, I'm calling it modular copy. And so you want to put it. together, uh, you want to have a, a folder or even a spreadsheet of a bunch of headlines, a bunch of descriptions, a bunch of images, bios. You know, these are the pieces that we need for social media, for blogs, for podcast interviews, right? You needed a, a, a profile picture and a bio and, um, you know, websites need these, social networks, the ads need these. So that's kind of what we need today to make a good ad. And then you need to understand the basics of copy so that, your headlines, descriptions, bios, logos, you know, they, they can't suck, you know, but yeah. today the guy who, you know, I, I call him the John Belcher, you know, a good friend of mine. Um, you know, he is the, he's, a legend. He, he's amazing. He's the modern media buyer and he's not a creative and I'm not making fun of him or anything. He would say the same thing. He just understands the machines and the, and the new way of doing things so much better. And he can out copy a copywriter who's been doing 15, 20 years experience because he's going to run, you know, 753 variations while you've spent two weeks coming up with one, you know, so. Right. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because the, the algorithm is really like the gatekeeper in some respects. It, it's, it's what's connecting advertiser to potential shopper. And really, it is a volume play to a certain degree, right? The 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 machine up front wants a combination of things or this modular copy. I love that phrase because the machine wants to test. It knows if it can test, it can find the right combinations, right? So really, there's kind of goes back to an old concept. Um, I can't remember where I first heard this, but sometimes the the quality is in the quantity, right? You got to test quantity, and then you just find things that you're like, "Whoa, I never thought that headline could have been the winner," but it was. Yeah. And Google found it, you know. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, super duper interesting. Um, so what, where are you kind of, where are you finding inspiration then for headlines and for, for copy blocks and things like that? Are you, are you pulling from search ads that have performed well? Are you pulling from the, the, the website copy? Like how are you going from, okay, back in the old days, we spent weeks and weeks on a few headlines. Now we just got to have mass quantities. How are you getting there? You know what I like to do? Um, I used to, for many years, I, I taught like, you know, use a spy tool, an ad beat, SEMrush, spy, whatever, you know, spy, you know, there's tons of spy tools out there. And you can do a lot of this. And see what else is in the space, right? Right. You know, but what that ends, what you, what you end up doing, there's almost no way to not kind of become a me too version of the copy you're 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 essentially saying even if you spin it into your own words you're essentially saying the same message as other people you know so what i actually like to do is i like to go to a different industry you know like if i'm selling knives i'm going to go to fishing you know and i'm going to go look at you know what are the top and that's going to help me get good copy and then bring that over 
to my industry, you know, so go look at what the best people are doing in an industry. You know, don't go like if I, if you're in fishing, go to like sewing, you know, or, right. or, or, or things like that. fishing, like that's connected. That's often the same buyer, but it's a different product. So it opens your mind a little bit, but it's still yeah, so, on point. No, yeah, do still use the spy tools and stuff, but try to, you know, broaden a little bit, go a little bit outside your industry, see what's working, same customer different kind of products and and bring some of that goodness back into yours which will help you make sure you have good copy uh but you know it's going to be a different message you know a little bit and you know at the end of the day like we all know free works best works top works must have you know i mean the you you can't really say that any other way so but that's what I like to do yeah, is, you know, look up other industries. Sometimes you still run into people that just want to be creative and they're like, I, I don't want my ad to look like everybody else's. I don't want to use the word top or best or must have. And you're like, well, okay, do you want to get clicks and conversions? And do you want to be original or do you want to be effective, right? And so yeah. uh, there, there's some things you just got to test. Well, a couple other things I'd like to add, you know, absolutely everything you just said. Um, I also like to test, um, you know, different, so like, a good story is, you know, when I was back early days in the website flipping, I thought everybody wanted to make more money with website flipping. So like all my copy, all my sales pages were like how to make $15,000 with your next website flip or how to flip a big site. But um, that's not what they wanted. So like I split tested, not even thinking it was going to work. I split tested how to flip a website this weekend. And that just, that blew up. So like, it's not always bigger Sometimes it's faster. Sometimes it's cheaper. Sometimes Fast it's and easy. Like you can do it this weekend. Just just check this out. You sell a website this weekend. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, so t t test those different angles, and then also I like to test um, towards pleasure, away from pain, and then something controversial. So like if I'm trying to write three, like okay, I got to write three different headlines. How am I going to say the same thing three different ways? You know, and so like one way I'm going to say is, you know, here's how you could make $10,000 this month. And the other one I could say is, here's how you can save $500 next week. You know, so one's towards pleasure, one's away from pain. And then I'm going to say, you'll never believe how this woman made $500. You know, so something controversial or shocking. So there you go. You're saying the same thing, selling the same product, but you were able to say it three different ways that might appeal. And you want to know if your market... Um, is a towards pleasure market, a shocking you know market, or if they are an away from pain market. Yeah, love that. And that really does make it easy. Again, if we're having to write all these descriptions and headlines, you have one concept, you can spin that concept three different ways, towards pleasure, away from pain, or and, and then kind of a controversial spin. Uh, mm -hmm. I like that a lot. That's that's fantastic. So I, I remember back in the old days, I'm an old ad guy, you know, did did uh, TV and radio back in the day, did some radio and TV production. And and I just remember, you know, there was always the, these old school, you know, grandfathers of advertising saying like, hey, people need to see an ad six or seven times before they purchase. And, and I think some of that was just like, hey, we got to sell more airtime and we got to sell more, you know, uh, ads in, in our, our, our publication and our, our magazine or whatever. But I also think there's a lot of truth there, right? We see this mm -hmm. in Google ad, uh, Analytics and, and in other reporting platforms where some people got to see an ad multiple times. They have to visit your site multiple times. So let's talk a little bit about remarketing because I know you, mm -hmm. you've got a unique approach to remarketing as well. So what does that remarketing funnel look like? So we, we, we talked about the landing page. It's a separate page for your top product. We, we've got some ads now, and we got some different angles we're, we're writing for that cold traffic ad. How are you setting up remarketing, and what does that look like? Okay, so remarketing and retargeting, just in case anybody, you know, they're the same yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, you define those real quick. Yeah, yeah, so retargeting, remarketing is, is the same thing. We're, we're taking somebody who's already seen your page, at some level, and we can talk about all the different levels there, but they've basically, they've been here before and now we're remarketing, right? We're retargeting that same person to bring them back. And sometimes we, we may want to bring them back somewhere different. Like one of my best strategies is I like to advertise blog posts because they get high CTR. They, they're like a Trojan horse. You know, they don't even know they're like, CPCs, right? they, they think they found me. 
but I targeted them with the blog posts. And what I do is, you know, I'll target them with the blog post, give them a nice wow experience, and then remarket them to my sales page using testimonial ads. And we can break that, all that down. But that's my favorite kind of like one-two punch combo in, in advertising. But essentially, remarketing, retargeting is the same thing. Remarketing is what Google thought calls it. Retargeting is like what everybody else calls it. Um, you know, essentially, you, you take somebody who's been there and talking about your seven touches kind of thing, I think just life is going on. I think there is truth yeah, to it. Exactly. I think there's less truth to it than they want us to believe, you know, but yeah, I think right, it's, right, right. Yeah, yeah. you know, I think it's just, you know, somebody hears a radio ad and the reason why they need to see it again is they were in the car. <laughs> like they couldn't right. buy, they were, you know, they were driving down the road or they were listening to the radio, you know, while, while on a jog. And so when they saw the magazine ad that pushed them over to the internet you know, or to Google search and then that push, you know, and so that's why the different touches. So it's, it's legitimate. You do need to have these different touches in different areas. Remarketing is absolutely, you should have it because the, you know, our consumers are busy. Like I said, the baby's crying, the boss is just about to come in, they're watching TV, you know, whatever. Uh, so they're just busy and they need to see these things. And that's really where remarketing comes in is they maybe, they didn't have their wallet on them. They were downstairs and they left their wallet upstairs because they just took a shower or whatever. And so they see the ad again later on. Now they got their wallet on them. And you think remarketing was the thing, but it, it was the whole picture, you know, it's the whole picture that made it work. Uh, so how far do you want to get into this? Yeah, so a perfect setup. I love that. Uh, let's let's think about like what are some of the the specific campaigns you you create, right? Because what, what we often look at when we're doing remarketing is, hey, the, these are people that you know have have been to this pre-sale page, right? That's a separate remarketing campaign. These are people that have been to a blog post but nowhere else. That's a separate remarketing campaign. These are people that have taken the introductory offer, but not the next offer. So you, you got like bought X, not Y. So, so can you kind of map out you know, at least what are some of the campaigns? What is what does that remarketing, retargeting funnel look like for you? Yeah. So essentially, you have two different things. All right. You have like your basic recycler. You know, I call them like brand retargeting. And so, like they just seen you somewhere, and you're bringing them back somewhere. That's like your most basic thing. And then you have like the more clever retargeting um, of like funnel retargeting. And so like I'm trying to get people who've seen my lead gen to see my front end and then people who've seen my front end product to see my upsell, you know, um, or people like, for example, for a long time's ad skills, our model was we sold a book retargeting recipes, you know, it was about retargeting. So we yeah. sell the book, you know, so they, you know, and then one, every one of those customers, we would then want them to see the big back end, you know, that we were selling. And so that was like our whole model right there. So there's essentially those two ways of doing it. It's just like a recycler and then there's a funnel advancement and then there's just umpteenth ways of splitting those two up into different things. And so the traffic recycler, you know, just the bare bones, basic remarketing is they've come to your sales page, but they didn't buy yet. And so you're going to show them more ads back to the sales page. Okay. Yep. So they, that's it. That's the simplest way. And it could be your blog. It could be your sales page, your webinar page, whatever it is. Um, then you can make that a little bit more advanced, okay? So they came to your page, but now when you bring them back, you're gonna bring them back with a discount. You know, Grant Cardone does this a lot. You know, you go to his $200, you know, whatever video course, and then you go off on a va on a Facebook, you know, to go ask your buddies in your Facebook group, you know, what do you think about this? Should I buy it? And all of a sudden you see, you know, get that course for $35, you know, or, or whatever. There's usually some kind of big discount and then bam, you go and buy it. You know, you don't have to discount that steep. Um, you know, often as little as like 10% can really be the thing. You know, they were right about to buy. They like, that's why they went to your page. You know, they, they went to your page because they liked something about it, but they just didn't, just wasn't enough to get me to jump off the, the fence and take action. But this like 10% off this weekend only, now I'm going to go take action. So that's, you know, the recycler with a discount. And then you can do, 
You can do recycle, right? So like my sales page, bring them back to my sales page. Okay, you can run that one. You can have these things set up on like automation rules. We, I don't know how geeky you want me to get, but there are automation rules. And so you can say like, okay, show that to them for seven days. If after seven days, now show them this ad. So now you're going to show them the discount after seven days. And then after seven more days, maybe there's a new discount. So like you can do kind of a month long steps, you know, and then finally, like yeah. the last week, you know, try it free and uh, pay nothing down and only pay if you if you keep it for 30. So you can like really get yeah. super slick and advanced with these things, but don't don't at first. OK, just try the yeah, simple yeah, just things. simple remarketing ad is a great place to start. But I'm assuming the way you're building that is you're building audiences like a seven day audience, a 14 day audience, a 30 day audience. And then you're targeting and yeah. excluding kind of kind of throughout there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because one of the ways we like to look at it, and, and again, I, I think more in, in terms of YouTube, because I know YouTube really well, and I don't know G, GDN as well, although we do a lot of GDN re remarketing at least, mm -hmm. is, you know, sometimes you got to look at why did someone not buy? So they, they clicked on that first ad, so there was interest. They visited that sales page, so there was more interest, but they didn't buy. Why is that? Well, you, you, you mentioned it earlier. Sometimes it's life happens, right? So sometimes they just need to be reminded, and sometimes they need to be convinced, Right, and sometimes it's a little bit of both. So that's where I really like that. Yeah, week one, it's just like, hey, reminder, like, hey, this is cool. You know, you really want these benefits? You want these cool things? And then like, okay, well, they didn't say yes yet, so now they need more convincing. And and so yeah. on the, we might do something on the video side where we're showing more testimonials or more demonstrations or whatnot. Uh, but then yeah, maybe you need to up, up the ante on the offer on the discount at that point. Which, which yeah. I think makes a lot of sense. I'm a big fan of the, you know, we, we call it the overnight celebrity campaign, whereas you, you know, you use your whatever traffic, you know, could be your social media, your email, whatever, advertising to bring them to your sales page, your page, right? And then what you do is use Google, especially Google, because that's going to show all over the web. You can, yeah. you know, do it also in Facebook, but um, you want testimonial ads, okay? So different testimonials, you know, how do you make a testimonial ad? You put the person, you, just like you'd make a testimony on your page, right? You're going to have a picture of the person's face and then the words as your headlines and description. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, there's going to be testimonials all over the web. So like they learned about you in some form and then the next thing they know, they're visiting US Weekly or whatever, and there's testimonials for this product all over everywhere they go. There's all of a sudden these people are talking good about this. That one-two punch is really, really good. Uh, the other thing that you mentioned, you know, is uh, the only thing I'd add to what you said about the reminded, convinced is deadline. You know, people need a deadline. Yeah, push them and off the, uh, over the edge, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of fake deadlines, you know, but there's tons of ways to create real deadlines. It could be a bonus. You know, you get this bonus by Monday if you join or, you know, you're, the pink one is only available until, you know, uh, you know midnight tonight or, you know, there's a 10% coupon today only. There's a lot of different ways to create real urgency, real deadlines. That you know, more than anything, I, it's testimonials and deadlines. Those are like my two tricks that I use over and over again. Love it. And, and it does speak to kind of your original point, right? Where we're looking at a product yeah. and we're thinking of all the reasons, all the ways we're going to get in trouble if we say yes to buying this, right? My wife's going to yell at me. I'm going to have buyer's remorse. I'm going to feel bad, whatever. Uh, or we just, we're, we're naturally, we're safe and we, we take, you know, we're, we're inert. And so having that deadline pushes someone off the fence and gets them to take action. Uh, so that's that's brilliant. Um, awesome. Okay, so we're we're running tight on time, but I got more questions. So we're gonna maybe go a little rapid fire through a, a few other things. Um, sure. What what is your take on smart bidding? So this may be a little bit nerdy, but stick with me if you're not into the nerdy side of this. There's going to be some good stuff that's broadly applicable in a minute. But I think everybody still needs to know this and know your perspective. How do you feel about smart bidding versus manual versus however you like to do it? Buckle up. I don't think there's going to be a choice. Soon, I think it's everything we're going to be doing yeah. is going to be smart bidding. Yeah, this is the way it's all moving. Um, Google has already started. A, you know, it used to be there was like smart display campaigns and display campaigns. Now it's smart bidding inside display campaigns, and so we're going to see even more of that. This is going to permeate through all ad networks. It's just the way advertising is going to go. It's just more algorithms, more machine learning. Learn what it is 
basically, it's you know giving them lots of different options and then allowing their algorithms to, you know, you give it the confines like, hey, don't you know make this cost more than forty dollars per unit. Don't spend more than three thousand dollars per month. Uh, don't target these different audiences. But other than that, like you, you paint the picture of the fence. And then within the fence, the algorithm is allowed to go nuts in, in the, you know, what's really happening is a live auction that's happening in, you know, at the speed of electricity. Um, and so you just let the algorithm go and, and the algorithms are getting really, really good. I wasn't a fan a couple of years ago. Today, you're getting hard pressed to beat them as a human anymore. Yeah, 100% agree. And, and then we, we were the same way, right? Smart bidding, target ROAS bidding, smart campaigns, like smart shopping and stuff. In the early days, we're like, come on now. And, and we tested it, and some of them were pretty cruddy. Uh, but now, dude, you can't you can't beat the machine. You can't beat the algorithm. Uh, it's learning and getting better and picking up momentum, and it's just getting better all the time. So uh, totally agree there. With, with that, then this is kind of a, a follow-up question. What do you view as the role of a media buyer? So, what 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 is what is an advertiser's role? What is a media buyer's role if the if the algorithm is taking care of finding the right person and bidding up and bidding down and all these things? What do we do? Yep, I uh, I definitely see us being replaced one day. Uh, and, and if you want, we could talk about that on another one. Uh, I got a whole vision for it, you know. Uh, but I definitely think we still have another five to 10 years. Uh, and really what our job is today is to stop learning all the, you know, learn a little bit of the old ways because there's a lot to pick up from history. But we really need to be disciplined enough to stop being lazy. Like we don't, I know it, we, it's, it's hard to go learn what smart bidding is. It's hard to go learn what a neural network is, machine learning algorithms. What are the, what, how do they actually work? Um, you have to, if you want to be a good media buyer today and five years from now, you know, if you're, if you're climbing up and you want to be the best, that's it. That's your homework. You have to learn how these machines, that's our new, that's our new job. Our new job is to know how smart bidding works. One, how to do it on the screen in the interface, but then also knowing the underlying functionality of how it works so that we can be better at working on the interface level of it. You know, that's that's where we are it going forward is we need to learn how to ride the Tyrannosaurus, not try to avoid the Tyrannosaurus. Just one minute. I'm just I'm updating my resume. I'm, I'm actually I'm pretty good at manual labor. <laughs> but I, think, I think there's a future for me as the, as the agency world winds down. I can I can unload trucks or something. Uh, no, I, I totally agree. And, and I think there's going to be more and more of the activities that we do, that we do as an agency. And I run a 50 plus person agency. There's things we do that we won't have to do in three or four or five years. I think there's always going to be an element, though, where you need good strategists, right? And you need someone, even if it's just guiding and, and, and creating the fence, I like the way you talked about that, for the algorithm, right? Mm-hmm. Here's what you need to start with. And then here's how I can kind of manage you along the way. Things like that. And thinking uh, strategically and holistically about business growth and business goals and things like that. But mm-hmm. it's going to be wild times, man. It's going to be interesting uh, watching how this industry evolves. Mm-hmm. So just real quick on that. I believe today we are the human interface that sits between the electrical interface. And so like our client verbally tells us, right, we get on a phone call and they tell us what they want. And then we go and we type that into the machine. I don't think it's going to be, I think 10 years from now, the client is just going to be able to talk directly to the network and they're going to verbally say, this is what I want. They're going to verbally say, set the parameters. And then the network, the machines are going to be able to go out and they're going to use the spy tools to look up the headlines. And they're going to test 70, 750 different headlines and all these different audiences. And uh, so that's where I think things are going. But I believe we got a good five, 10 years of us still being uh, the, the human interface. Yeah, really cool, really cool. I'll just I'll keep the resume on file then. I won't, I won't, I won't get that there just yet. Uh, this has been fantastic, Justin. So there's lots more that I want to talk about. So we'll definitely have to schedule part two to this conversation and, and lots more we can dig into. But what I want to do though, I, I know people are listening and thinking, man, I, I want to learn more from Justin Brooke or I want to send my team through some of what Justin has to offer. So, so talk to me a little bit about ad skills. What is it? What do you guys offer? How can people tap into your marketing brain more? 
Yeah, so we used to be almost exclusively for the ad agency. You know, we used to charge five thousand dollars and you know help them get clients, and, and and that was great. You know, we built a very successful company off of the back of that. But I wanted to go bigger, and I just realized like our run rate, our team. You know, we were just working so hard to keep things going, and so we flipped it. Um, we are now more of like a net uh, a Netflix model. You know, or eight dollars and ninety nine cents a month, and you get. You know, everything, you know, except for the certification, there's like an upgrade if you want to go on to that. But if you just want to learn how to do this stuff for yourself, uh, it's $8.99 a month. You get a nine week course that gives you like the fundamentals, like go through this and you'll learn A to Z. Uh, Then we have the short tutorials, you know, how to set up your Facebook campaign, how to set up your TikTok campaign, how to set up your Google campaign. And then if you want to like specialize or you want to master in something, we have master classes from all kinds of experts uh, out there on YouTube ads or TikTok ads or Facebook ads or e-commerce. So all of that is all in there for just $8.99 a month. It's insane. Well, I remember when you, when you posted that model on Facebook, I was like, dude, this is either going to be really amazing or it's, it's it, it, I don't know what it's going to be, but it's crazy and it's a great deal. So like go out, everybody should buy this, right? Eight ninety eight ninety nine. There's talk of bumping the price up to like twelve ninety nine. So if you're watching this like six months from now, you know, it, it may yeah, be a couple dollars it, higher, but. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's like twelve dollars $30. <laughs> well, it's all, it's all the same. Like it's totally worth it. You got to check it out. You got to, you got to do it. And so uh, what's, what's the URL for that one more time? It's just adskills.com, adskills.com. Awesome. And then Justin, how can people follow you? How can they find you on the socials? Because you are one of my favorite follows on Facebook. You, you, you mix good business marketing tips. You also talk about your faith, which you and I have the same faith, which I really mm-hmm. appreciate that aspect as well. But there's plenty of business stuff if that's all you're into. Uh, but what, what are ways people can connect with you on the socials? Uh, Facebook and YouTube, we have a blog, you know, again, if you just go to adskills.com, you know, you're going to see all of our stuff. You're going to be able to get onto our newsletters. I'm spending a lot more time on our newsletters. You know, we have a Wednesday one that goes out where I get into the meat of things. And then we have the traffic tips for busy people, which is kind of a curated, like, instead of reading all the stuff out there, like here's seven things I really think you should read this week. Um, so you'll, you'll find those on adskills.com. And then if you just search adskills or Justin Brooke on YouTube or Facebook, that's where you're going to find you know, our free stuff. And we're actually uploading whole courses to YouTube now because uh, we just believe that that's the future. You know, so. Awesome. Love it. And that's B-R-O-O-K-E, Justin Brooke. And so check out Justin. Justin, brother, this was amazing. It was everything I hoped it would be. It was fantastic. Uh, now, now I'm thinking about round two, so we, we got to plan that soon. Awesome, man. Can't wait. Thanks, man. Really, really appreciate Bye. it. And thank you for tuning in. Hey, if you enjoyed this, like it, review it, share it with somebody that needs to know this information and and do leave that review because it helps other people find this show and we're trying to reach as many people and help as many marketers and e-commerce entrepreneurs as possible. And so with that, until next time, stay spicy. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.